Behind every farm, winemaker, bottle, and grape lies an untold story. This is Behind the Bottle, a podcast by Cape Classics, a South African and French wine importer founded in 1992. We are committed to discovering and sharing these tales. In today's episode, Boschendel's white wines winemaker, Danielle Cotier, chats with us about Boschendel's history, Cap Classique, and white wines. Thank you for joining us today, Danielle, in New York uh, amidst a heat wave. How are you doing today? Doing really well. So glad and happy to be this side. It's um, It's been quite a trip. Um, and this is the, the last portion of my travels in the States. So ending it on a high note. Love it. To kick off, Boschendel has a lengthy history. Can you take us through that a bit? So Boschendel is one of the oldest estates in South Africa, dating back to 1685. I think a lot of people think South Africa is a very more new world wine growing region, but in fact, we do have quite a rich and almost a tangible history, especially if you've ever been to the state yourself. There is um, the architecture, the stories, um, and it's those stories that we try and incorporate into the wines themselves. So that's why we have the 1685 range with the proprietary bottles. So it's something that we're very proud to be a part of and a legacy that we just want to nurture and carry going forward. Previously, you focused on the Cap Classique range at Bachendel before moving on to the white wines. Can you take us through the current winemaking team at Bachendel? I know that it's a collaborative environment, but you guys do have a dedicated person that focuses on each style. So we have three winemakers, and um, so we have Jacques Fulhoun on red wines, myself, Danielle Kutsia on the white wine production, and then also Andiswa Mafeleba on the Capitacy production. So with that approach, we just feel like we have focus and dedication on each style, but we still have a very collaborative kind of team environment. So with every decision, we all get together, but it's like with that nuance and finer detail, you know that those that each wine gets the attention that it needs um, to kind of meet the special requirements that we have for each Boschenal wine. Love it. Given your previous role, can you speak a bit to the Cap Classique process at Boschendal, particularly focusing on the Brut and the Brut Rosé? So Boschenal was the second winery in South Africa to produce a Cap Classique uh, for the public to enjoy. It was something, again, that forms a part of our history and it's also on the label for the non-vintage that you see the crown because it is our crowning jewel in the portfolio. So for our non-vintage, we have the Brut, which is a Chardonnay and Pinot Noir blend, leaning into towards being kind of driven by a Chardonnay base, around 60%, and then about 40% Pinot Noir. On this wine, we our requirement for Cap Classique in South Africa is a minimum of 12 months on lease. However, we try and always give it a lengthier time to kind of develop those flavors. You get more of that um, autolytic character coming through. And with the cool climate Chardonnay that forms the base on the Brut Non Vintage, you have that structure and that length on the wine as well. With Boschnell having a rich history, last year we celebrated 40 years of, cele- of making Cap Classique. And um, yeah, so it's, it's been a minute. Um, but I mean, with that focused approach and with a winemaker dedicated to each style, um, we have the, 
ability to really fine tune and may have wines that are even though we have a natural approach and a low intervention approach um, still having that attention to detail so on the Cap Classique specifically um, a focus area that I think is very very important to what a good bubbly is is the mousse and the sensation of the bubble and how it feels so that is something we have a very keen focus on and uh, also our vineyards so where we have grapes um, our compositions the sides so the soil types the terroir and how all those parts come together and then our brut rosé that is almost kind of the inverts of the non-vintage so there we have a base of about 60% pinot noir 30% Chardonnay and then depending on the vintage um, base of each non-vintage there'll be max about 10% Pinotage as well so getting that true South African uh, component in the mix as well so with the Brut Rosé it's a bit more floral um, uh, giving a bit more of a, a fruit forward character um, a bit more lush and opulent on the palate where with the Brut Non Vintage, you have that strong Chardonnay core with the Brut Rosé. Um, it's, it's structured and it's um, quite lengthy on the palate and you have those autolytic characters also coming through, again, 15 to 18 months on lease, um, but with Pinot Noir tending to show age slightly quicker and more development, it's a bit more lush on the palate as well. And now in your new role, focusing on the white wines, what's your winemaking approach there? So, I know as a title we've, we're called winemakers, but I actually feel that we're just custodians of what we've been given. So, we have these amazing grapes coming in from these fantastic sites. I mean, we have cool climate in terms of proximity to the ocean. We have elevation, so usually it's one or both of those, especially with areas like Algon. Um, but we're just the custodians um, in nurturing that and carrying that through to bottle for the person that buys the wine to actually enjoy. So my approach on that is just really carrying that through from what we get in the grapes and giving the best kind of platform for that to be shown. Um, so with our Chardonnay specifically, we do only whole bunch pressing on our Chardonnay and there we work with only the cuvee, so um, only the cleanest juice, um, just to make sure that you get that expression of terroir, but also that the quality and the style, um, it is low intervention as far as possible. We start our, fermenta our fermentations, we allow to start naturally, and then we'll only inoculate going into barrel if that's required and we'll do a batonage lease stirring. Um, we won't do, we don't have a strict regime with, oh, we do so many rack and returns. We just put it to barrel and allow it to develop um, as naturally as possible. Mm -hmm. So with the Chardonnay, that's something that's, that's, I think, quite special. And Chardonnay being kind of the white varietal flagship for Bachandal, um, we have the 1685 Chardonnay and then also the Elgin Chardonnay, which is a, kind of our top end um, of the, the varietal um, that we showcase. Danielle, can you also dive a little bit into the style of Cap Classique in South Africa and what makes Bachandals unique? So I think for Cap Classique in South Africa, for bottle fermented um, sparkling wine with a minimum time on lease of 12 months, um, 
the one thing we have that we find that some other areas might not where there's really a focus for Bosnal is because we have that sunlight um, we have ripeness and we want to showcase those fruits and that expression in the bottle as well so for our cap classique we same low intervention so traditional method um, we only do whole bunch pressing only the cleanest finest juice is used for the cap classique wine and then when we go into bottling our blend because especially for our non-vintage um, and Boschnall has quite a rich history we have a very keen focus on maintaining consistency so even though we have a kind of base and a core focus in terms of blend composition it's not something that we kind of um, restrict ourselves to so there's always a bit of a where the winemaker influence starts to show but also because it's stylistically um, representative of Boschendal. So for Boschendal what we have is even though it is a South African capitalistic we really want to maintain that freshness so we do not encourage malolactic conversion in our capitalistic and basically what that just means is we want to preserve that malic that fresh green apple acid um, thinking especially in terms of algin which is one of the southern hemisphere's largest apple producers and also area where we place a huge focus on in terms of quality grapes um, but we want to preserve that that freshness that crispness that length on our cap classiques so we won't encourage mallow we want to preserve that and then we kind of find the balance in the wine by having that time on lease so we don't want to add palate or palate weight with a higher residual sugar. So our brute is at about 8 to 9 grams. And again, that is to just balance out the acidity with the fruit perception and the natural kind of um, opulence and fullness that comes from the time on lease. Mm -hmm. So that is just to kind of round out the process. Um, and then what's uh, on another point that I think makes Boschnell unique is um, it is the history of the estate and for again tying in with that kind of custodianship with our uh, top end of our Caprisique range being Jean Lelong um, it's a 10 year lease age so there's for a large portion kind of that idea where even though you make the wine and you're involved in the process, you kind of have this custodianship over it because at some point it might change hands, but the style for Boschnell will always remain the same. Let's talk terroir for a moment. Uh, Boschnell has different vineyards in Elgin, Stellenbosch. What are some of the differentiations between the two? So in terms of cool climate, a lot of people think, well, Cape Town, um, is the southernmost point, but that's actually in Agalas. So that's why it's called False Bay, because it was the false southern point or tip. Um, <laughs> so we have Atlantic um, cool influence from the Atlantic Ocean. So because we are coastal, um, we have that cool sea breeze, that maritime influence. So what we have in our vineyards is either coastal influence or high elevation. So South Africa being, especially the Cape, being quite mountainous, we have different aspect, different sun exposures, so we have that diversity and complexity. Um, for the most part, the soil types we have is either weathered shale or decomposed granite. So going, well, it 
is kind of a spectrum going in from your your sandy uh, loam soils into your loam and clay soils. Um, the second, like loamier clay soils, is more towards algan site. So you have really excellent water holding potential. So in algan, not only do you have coastal influence, you also have elevation. So our vineyards there are about 200 to 500 meters above sea level, mm -hmm. which is fantastic. But then also because algan is this kind of base, and I try to describe it as if you came in from the ocean side, you look into this mountain coming up. And then if you go over that mountain uh, or that, uh, that, that area, then you get this basin and that basin is basically algin. So with the southeast wind that blows, um, you get that cloud cover coming over and then getting kind of locked in this basin. And that adds to a lower uh, canopy temperature and longer ripening period. So that's why kind of algin is to South Africa what Burgundy would be to France. But in no way are we trying to be Burgundy. I mean, it's just when north and south. It's uh, completely different, but it's just to give people that kind of mental image and style of the wine. So with Algen, what we find there's a lot of, we see minerality coming through on the wines. Uh, we see ageability because we have lower pH, higher acids. And then what we find in the other areas, so going into Stellenbosch, again, you have coastal influence. Um, our one vineyard there has the closest proximity to the ocean, which is at about uh, three kilometers. So that's that's pretty close. So, But there you have that constant maritime influence. So a bit of a salinity coming through, and um, but also complexity and um, really good acid. So again, ageability is important. And then going up the coast, well, from Stellenbosch, we head into Cape Town and Durbanville, also cooler areas. There, our focus is slightly more towards Sauvignon Blanc. So you get that complexity, that depth of fruit, um, slightly more um, sandier soils on that side. And then up into the coast, um, into the west coast, we have um, areas going into Darling. And there you have that very constant cool maritime influence. So slightly cooler, slightly wetter, but that really helps with the vineyards to go into a very good winter dormancy. So you don't have a lot of disruption on that side. So again, good development of fruit and flavors on the wines, um, really good quality vineyards and grapes. So something that we're very proud and humble to be um, able to have sites in such a diverse kind of layout um, in South Africa, in the Cape Winelands. Definitely. And then for varietal plantings, a lot of your whites are in Elgin, Chardonnay, Sauvignon Blanc, and Stellenbosch, more of the reds. Yes. So we have Elgin, I think, just because of the, um, we have some Pinot Noir in there as well. But just in terms of the kind of site itself, it's just Chardonnay and Sauvignon Blanc just do so extremely well there. And there's a depth and complexity to the wines that are kind of unparalleled compared to other areas. Um, funny enough, Shiraz on that side also does really well. Mm. So it's more of a Syrah style, more floral, um, uh, more of a white pepper than a black pepper style. And um, then Stellenbosch, which is really well known for red varietals, there's an area in, um, well, an area in Stellenbosch is Helderberg, but it's referred to as kind of this golden triangle. So between what we have, the coastal influence, the mountainous area on the one side, and then having a bit of morning sun, not too much afternoon sun, and obviously on that side, your vineyard row 
direction also has an influence. But I think the the, the vines and the vineyards there um, and ourselves, but also other growers, um, they've really, it's been going on for so long, people have really perfected um, what works and what doesn't. So it's the right varietals, which usually in Stellenbosch and that triangle tends to be um, Cabernet Sauvignon, Cabernet Franc, Merlot, Petit Verde, Malbec, so more Bordeaux varietals, but then also Chardonnay in Stellenbosch does excellently um, well, as well as Shiraz. So Shiraz, on the other hand, goes more into the Polka Dry area, where the, the Helderberg is kind of more um, Bordeaux, but it depends. Um, but it's again that complexity and that depth, it's just, it ticks all the boxes in terms of um, producing quality grapes. And what are the average age of vines? So our average age of vines is around 18 to 22 years. So some of the areas in Stellenbosch specifically um, historically have been uh, influenced by uh, virus. Mm-hmm. Um, so what there's been quite a, I want to say, a bit of a invigoration into the areas, um, planting new vine- vineyards. But yes, for the most part, it's about um, 18 years average. Can you share a bit about your journey in the industry, your path that has brought you here today as both a winemaker and a woman in the South African wine industry, which historically has been male-dominated? So I think something that I'm very grateful for is the fact that I've always received such amazing support from friends, family, colleagues, and mentors in the industry, being male or female. I think for the most part, because it's in the agricultural side, agricultural side of the um, of the industry, yes, there is a sense of being male dominant, but there are a lot of women getting into winemaking. I think in recent years, there's actually been more uh, students qualifying um, for winemaking being female than male. So we definitely see that change kind of happening. My journey has been, um, I was quite young when I started getting interested into the whole concept of making wine and working with the vineyards and working in the winery. And that is, um, I was 11 years old. I didn't drink at that, well, <laughs> at that stage. Um, but my uncle uh, had just finished his degree at Elsenberg or his diploma back then. And um, he was telling the stories. He worked with Richard Kershaw at... Um, at Kanu, mm-hmm. which is actually now Moldenbosch, yeah. so interesting because we live on the farm. Um, but he, his stories were just so captivating and it just made me think like, wow, that sounds fantastic. And it's such a core memory, but that still rings true today because a big part of the, the South African wine industry and the history that we have has been kind of also carrying those stories and bringing them to the rest of the world. Um, so that's been really a very big part of why I joined the or wanted to become a winemaker. Obviously, later I had stages where I thought like, oh no, I want to be a vet, or no, I want to be an accountant. But luckily, that that didn't. We're glad you chose this path. <laughs> didn't quite pan out, but um, yeah, I was very lucky in my final year to receive a scholarship from the Cape Winemakers Guild, and then finishing up my degree, I started a permanent position as an assistant winemaker, uh, quite close to where Boschnell is now. 
I was there for about two years, um, and then I and that was my first exposure to Cap Classique. And funny enough, my um, one day my mom asked me like, "Oh, so which kind of where's your preference, or where would you like to?" And I was like, "Well, you know, I really enjoy working with with white wines and with Cap Classique." So it's funny how that kind of journey that um, it's it's kind of set out for you before you even know it. So. Um, yeah, that's how you know you're in the right place. But um, from there, I went to become a winemaker and uh, farm manager for a small export estate in, in Bortrefeer, in the Overberg. And I was there also for like two years, two and a half years. And that's when my my husband, um, I met him that side, he moved to Franschhoek. So he was over the mountain and... Um, then I, the position for at Boschnall uh, became available for assistant winemaker. And that's kind of where it all started. So I was first assistant winemaker for Boschnall, and then I became Cap Classique winemaker, and now I am white winemaker for Boschnall. So it's been quite a journey. It's been um, amazing working with the different productions and the awesome people. I mean, the team... I think being a female in the industry, what one thing that you do need is a strong um, support system from colleagues, from friends and family and your significant other. Um, it really makes the journey more enjoyable. Um, but at the end of the day, I think, um, yeah, we at Boschnell, the team is fantastic. Um, having the focus on different productions is really awesome. So. We still get to experience everything, but we still have our own kind of um, portfolio that we get to focus on and make sure all the attention to detail is there. Um, and then we get to travel and amazing trips like this one where you get to go to New York and, and catch up with, um, with some of your friends this side. You can purchase any of the wines discussed today online at wine.com. For 10% off of your order, enter Cape Classics at checkout. For more information on Cape Classics wines, visit capeclassics.com and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Cape Classics Wines. Thank you for listening and please tune in next time. Until then, cheers. Cheers.